Welcome back to Unwatchable, you guys. My name is Chloe Rodriguez. I am your host, and I am very excited about the episode that we're doing today. I have a very special guest with me. You probably know him from Donut Media. He's a writer. He's a stand-up comedian. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's dipping his toes yeah, in the water of stand-up good. comedy. I like that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Nolan Sykes. Hello, hello. I am very excited to have you on today. Thank you. Because we're going to be looking at something that I am very inexperienced in. Generally, I pick topics that I have prior knowledge mm-hmm. of. Usually it's comedy, or if it's a movie that I haven't seen before, it's one that I've at least heard about. Um, But today we're actually looking at some car shows, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. specifically a lot of Netflix original series Mm -hmm. that center around cars. And I'm really excited to have you on because you're like the car guy. Yeah, um, I think how how we're here today is that (laughs) I... I listened to a few episodes of your podcast, and like you, you promo the hell out of it, which I, I love. Uh, but I kind of unsolicited or <sighs> invited myself on the show. <laughs> it's like, you hey, approached me. <laughs> <I did> <laughs> no, <laughs> but I appreciate it. I was so flattered. I was I, like, I, yeah. I was I like, mean, Nolan's actually doing something with his degree, and yeah. he wants to come on, and he wants to talk <laughs> shop with me. And yeah, because uh, I, I don't know, like. I mean, I met Chloe, when was that, like 2017, about, like, three, two or three years ago, because we both yeah. went to see us in North I think it was, like, 2015, even. 15? No. Time has flied. Oh, yeah, because 17 is when I graduated. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so, oh, my God. People are going to fact five, check this. Yeah. <laughs> Hardcore. People are going to be editing Wikipedia pages. I don't know. But, yeah, that probably was, like, five years ago now. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, I don't know, it's, like, I've always thought you were really funny, so, like, Oh, seeing you. that you have like a, a podcast about stuff or like I don't know, something that like I could help contribute to it was like it was cool oh so, thank you yeah. I really appreciate it yeah. um and you are someone who I met through the CSUN film and television program um I've had a few other guests on here before who I met that way um and you're actually doing something with your degree yeah somehow I I during my senior year at CSUN I got a uh, internship with Donut Media, which was at the time a s- very small channel that was it was mostly mostly like a production house that did like stunt mm-hmm. videos for like brands and stuff. And I always I thought that was really cool. Uh, and then somehow turned that into a job. And then we started making web series, like more consistent content, and that really just helped explode the mm-hmm. the channel's popularity. Turns out if you do things consistently, <laughs> fans like that. So, yeah. Um, you do like weekly pod- this is like a weekly podcast right yeah, yeah so, every Wednesday yeah that's great sometimes like, bonus you're doing it right I... like you didn't just do it two or three times and was like oh shit this is hard like you're, oh, you're doing it nice. that's, how, that's how you do it I've seen um, some of the videos on the Donut Media channel on the media yeah mm-hmm. I watched the one that you did with Gus Johnson because I yeah. love Gus Johnson oh my god Gus was that was a surreal moment because like I've been a fan of his for a long time mm-hmm. and it was almost like that happened when we when did we shoot those? That was probably I think in October of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, oh wow! I think October or November, we shot every episode. So that was a series called um, Car Wars, where we had uh, a different each week. We had a different like internet celebrity or mm-hmm. yeah, we'll just say that um, come on and do like a, a series of car challenges. Uh, like we had Linus Tech Tips. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you're familiar with him. A guy named Matt Pat who does like the film theory and game theory channels. He was really nice. And then we had Gus Johnson, um, 
And to me, I was like the most excited to work with Gus because I'm a huge fan of his. And he is one of the most naturally funny people I've yeah. ever met. Like that, I had just like started taking my stand-up class like a few weeks into when, a few weeks prior to doing um, the video with him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to try to make Gus laugh today. And just like <laughs> immediately, like I tried like two or three times and he was just like, nah. And I was just like, oh, yeah, okay. This is what an actually funny person is like. Because he just... just I feel like I try to be funny a lot and uh-huh. like try might try to make people laugh. If this makes sense, like I try to make people laugh. Gus mm-hmm. just makes people laugh. Like he, that, yeah. he's that kind of person. Um, that, so that was really awesome to work with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really admire him. This is just turning into a Gus Johnson. Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah, Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> but you said you filmed that um, last year, like yeah. like 2018 Two, or no, 2019. 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna now. say like, no. oh shit, yeah. that's a long turnaround for no. an episode. It was um. No, when was that? That I think it was October, November of 2019, and then we turned around the first episode. I think two or three weeks after mm-hmm. we shot it, it was pretty crazy because we shot all four episodes of that show in one week. So mm-hmm. we were driving out to um, Santa Anita Race Park where all the horses keep dying. Oh God! Because <laughs> they have like a huge parking lot, so we shot mm-hmm. it all there. It was a pretty wild week, but um, that was a pretty quick turnaround mm-hmm. for that, I believe. Is that typically what you do? Like you shoot basically a lot and then just kind of savor it and parcel it um, out like as you finish it up? Yeah. So now we're trying to, well, in the earlier days of like our, our regular series, like Up to Speed and Wheelhouse, um, what we do is like we just like shoot an episode on Monday, have an editor have it done by Friday. And mm-hmm. then that Friday, that same Friday, we'd shoot a new episode. So it was just like a constant yeah. Like, just putting the tracks in front of the train, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it still feels like we're kind of doing that sometimes, but, like, now we do a, a more um, structured batch shooting kind of schedule where we'll, like, first or second week of the month, we'll shoot everything that we need one week of that month, and then we're covered for, like, the next four or five weeks, which mm-hmm. really helps. That's what happens when you get really good producers. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, hey, you guys aren't... I don't know how you guys are even alive at this point. We need to, like, actually have a production <laughs> schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, we have our producers, uh, Christina, and uh, former producer Josh to thank for that because it was like mm-hmm. they came in from Smosh, uh, and they're like, "Hey, you guys are big channel now. Here's how mm-hmm. a way big channel does it." Oh wow, like, that's so yeah, cool! It was really awesome. Whoops, sorry. <laughs> you're good. You are just like you're spilling I'm, water. I'm, you're knocking over I'm chairs. Just, like, I'm jittery. Yeah. All you have to do is sit here and talk, mm. Nolan. It's because I had that. <laughs> That caramel macchiato coming <laughs> come on the way here. Probably shouldn't have done that. But <laughs> yeah, so car stuff is what awesome. I do. So I figured, hey, let's talk about car awesome. stuff on the podcast. You're perfect to have on today then. Thank you. <laughs> um, let's hop into it. I think this will be perfect because when we look at these shows, you can look at them as someone who has experience, mm-hmm. not only just with cars in general, but also producing mm-hmm. content about cars. Um, so you can kind of look at like that. I kind of know how they might have filmed that, or yeah, they're or a little bit of they're kind of bullshitting right now, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Whereas, um, I'll get into kind of my background with car content viewership in a second, but I don't have that much of it, and I'm generally a complete novice when it comes to cars. Uh, just in regular life, my dad taught me how to do like 
some stuff with oil. I know how to inflate <laughs> tires. That's good. I know very, very basic things. That's good. That's enough. But yeah. by no means can I like <laughs> identify the different parts of a car. So when we look at these shows today, we're kind of going to be talking about if these shows are unwatchable or watchable, both from the perspective of you know, a, a pro mm-hmm. and the perspective of a complete novice. Hence the title of the show. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this should be fun. Yeah, I'm um, excited. Let's hop into kind of what was my introduction into watching car shows. And that's, of course, what I'm, I'm sure is a lot of people's mm. intro, Top Gear. Yeah. Probably one of like the most well-known, if not the most Absolutely. well-known. Yeah, I mean, at the time, at its height, it was the most popular TV show in the world of you're, the listeners don't know. Uh, it's the uh, it's a car program that the BBC produced in the UK. Uh, Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and Richard Hammond all um, have some sort of background in auto journalism or you know hosting, of course. But uh, yeah, it was just an amazing show. Um, certainly made me want to get into this industry just because. Just watching it from a young age, I was like, I want to do what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that made it so successful is the way that it combines information with comedy. Mm-hmm. It's presenting a lot of facts and figures and also a good amount of opinion. Yeah. Um, but it's doing so in like a comedic fashion. Um, and they had like a lot of fun bits. Mm-hmm. I know they had like celebrity guests on. Yeah. They would do their power laps, uh, star in a car. Yeah. They had like a lot of different bits. Um, and you'll see when we like go into some of these Netflix shows that we're going to talk about, some of them are a lot more straightforward where it's just like there's no time to stop and explain yeah. things. And then some of them kind of break it down a little bit more, kind totally. of like Top Gear used to. Yeah, that's kind of the thing is like it wasn't, it's not an intimidating show. Like, regardless mm-hmm. if you don't know anything about how a car works, you can still watch Top Gear and be thoroughly entertained and I mean it is to that point of like because it was so popular there are a lot of like online opinions that you can tell where just like <laughs> someone just watched a shit ton of Top Gear I mean I say that because that's how I was yeah uh, maybe still am but um, I mean that shows is so so influential it feels like a lot of people in, in YouTube just like I mean that's the reason I'm in this you mm-hmm. know it's like I want to be Jeremy Clarkson and like <laughs> You can tell that a lot of people do that same kind of thing, and mm-hmm. that it's just a testament to that show. Have you watched the the recent seasons? I know, so I know there was a departure mm-hmm. from kind of their original form. Yeah, um, I believe around 2015 is when Jeremy Clarkson left. And yeah, everyone else kind of uh, left. He punched a producer apparently, mm-hmm. so I can't do that. So he got <laughs> fired. Um, the other guys followed him. I think there was they're probably feeling a little not burned out, but I mean, maybe burned out from doing it for so long, you know. I mean, I can imagine if, like, you're... Whether or not they agree with his attitude. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine that, like, after being on a show for that long, and you're like, well, like, he's leaving. We might as well go. It's all going to change anyway. Like, Because, I mean, if if Jeremy just left, and then it was still uh, Richard and James and some new person, like... The, the whole show would be completely different. Yeah, and, uh, it's a different so dynamic. They left and uh, they started, I think, their own production company. And then they um, a- uh, hooked up with Amazon. And uh, the Grand Tour is like kind of a rebirth of Top Gear. 
I don't think it's as good as Top Gear was mm-hmm. at its prime, but there's still some very, very good episodes of the Grand Tour. Did you watch the seasons where uh, Matt LeBlanc was on? I think I've watched a few episodes of that, mm-hmm. and you know, the first season where it was Matt LeBlanc and like Chris, not Chris Hayes, um, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. I think his name's Chris Evans, not. Captain America. Yeah, not, the, not that Chris Evans. But another Chris <laughs> Evans who's like a British personality. And then, oh, they have um, and then Chris Harris and then a few other dudes. I mean, it's a new lineup, so it's a whole new show. And it really had to find its voice again. Yeah. I think it did get better as time went on because I've, I've watched more recent episodes. It's like, oh, this is like really good. Um, yeah. But people did not like it when it first came out. <laughs> when I had first heard about it, I was like, Joey from Friends is yeah. going to be on yeah. top here. <laughs> But his real life personality is like so mellow and He's chill. So low key, yeah. That, like, <laughs> it almost kind of worked. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember seeing, like, watching Formula One and they with racing, Formula One mm-hmm. racing, and they uh, during the American Grand Prix a few years ago, they had he was just there in like the pits and he was like. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, yeah. I'm really happy to be here. He's always just so low-key. He always seems as if he's just been hit with a tranquilizer. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that yeah. That's pretty good. Okay. People are like, oh, you were, uh, you were on the most successful sitcom of all time. You made uh, millions and millions of dollars for years. You're set for life. He's like, yeah, yeah. Sounds, it was pretty neat. Yeah, pretty cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing phases him. <laughs> Did you ever watch Joey? Have you ever seen an episode of that show? Oh, my gosh. I have seen clips <laughs> from that show. <laughs> have you watched, like, I remember watching one episode when I was, like, I think it was, like, I was, like, 11 or something. I was a kid, and I was, like, that was probably, like, one of the first instances where, as a kid, I was, like, oh, things can be bad. <laughs> like, it was really, I was, like... Not uncomfortable, that's probably too strong a word, but it's like, this doesn't feel it's right. It's very no. weird. I feel like NBC tried to bury that show, because oh, it's sure. so hard to find. Like, I've only seen clips, because it's so hard to find, like, full <laughs> episodes. And, like, I feel like they just, like, don't even speak about it anymore. Oh, I mean, they probably lost a ton of money on like, it. <laughs> could you imagine that, like, the, Friends was literally the, I know this is not a podcast no, about no, Friends, but, but the, it was literally... Like, the most popular show of, like, that decade. Every show since then has, like, tried to be friends. And then they couldn't even be friends again. Like It's insane. (sighs) Okay. Maybe you should do a Joey episode, I'm thinking. That would be amazing. I would love to do an episode about unwatchable spinoffs. That's crazy. That's definitely one I should talk about. (laughs) That's insane, yeah. But uh, let's look at some car shows. Yeah, let's Let's do that. Let's let's get there. Let's go why we're here. Yeah. So the first one that I wanted to talk about, um, you can find it on Netflix, is called Rust Valley Restores. Oh my god. Um, and I know that you said you have a lot to say yeah, about this I, show. I, I love Rust Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, well, what, what do you think of, of, of Rust Valley? Have you ever watched like those kind of shows, like restoration shows or anything like that? Um, so I had not. The closest I've ever come is Pimp My Ride. Okay, okay. Good starting <laughs> point. Yeah, that's a great that show. That was a long time yeah. ago. Um, just for the... This is kind of like a Canadian redneck Pimp My Ride mm-hmm. almost. For the, <laughs> the listener's benefit, Rust Valley Restorers is a restoration show. So it's this guy who's like in his early 60s. He's amassed like this huge collection of like forty, no, like four hundred, I think. Yeah, why so. did I say forty? Four hundred like vintage cars, and he opened a restorer shop in Rust Valley, which is like known for having restoration shops. And basically, 
The first season is what's on Netflix. I know there's been a second one. Ha- there has? Yeah. Oh. It's not on Netflix yet, oh. but I think they just oh aired God, it. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Um, and it's basically following his whole first year in the restoration business. Um, and my main thought was, this is what... I felt like this show is what would have happened to uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor <laughs> from Home Improvement after he and yeah. Jill get a divorce. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's what I was picking up on. Here. I think it's pretty accurate. There was, <laughs> it was funny because me and my girlfriend started watching it. I don't know why my, did she? I think she recommended it, which I thought was strange because she doesn't like car stuff at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but we started watching it, and I was like, something's off about this show. <laughs> and then I think it's at the end of the first or second episode that they reveal that Rust Valley is in Canada. Yes. I think. I must have missed it at some point, because it was just like, there's something... The way they're talking is kind of weird. It's so Canadian. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Did you see when they... um. <laughs> they like downed club soda as if it was like beer. No. Like they were like they were like, all right, we gotta celebrate, and they like brought out these cans of that club must have, soda and like down them as if they were like chugging. That like, must have been like a producer like so being like, we can't have you guys drinking funny. alcohol on a car show. Like, all right, well, club sodas it is, it or maybe so Canadians Canadian. are like that. It was. I mean, this show. I wanted to, to be honest, I wanted to hate it at first because mm-hmm. it is, it uses every like hot rod car restoration show trope mm-hmm. in the book. Like the first episode, they, the refrain, they, it seems like every other time they go to the confessional booth thing or whatever, yeah. it's like, we got to get these cars done or we're going to have to sell <laughs> the shop. Like it's, they keep bringing that up. Yes. <laughs> it's in, it's insane that they do this. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, this show's really this i can't do this because like (laughs) i mean there's been shows like this for 15 years yeah but i don't know what it is you keep watching yes you get sucked in you get you you just give yourself to the show (laughs) i I don't think you have to like cars at all to like this show either yeah it's in it's so entertaining Mm -hmm. um my favorite moment i think of the show the moment that really got me and i think it's in the second or third episode yeah. Is when Avery... Okay, so there's Avery... So the character... It's Rob, right? Is the main guy? Oh, so it's Mike. Mike. Okay, so Mike also... Yeah, so he's he has dreadlocks. And, okay, we'll talk about that. So there, there's Mike. <laughs> Mike who owns the shop. There's mm-hmm. his son. And then he's got his... his Mike's cohort is his best friend, Avery, who mm-hmm. looks like Ron Jeremy. Like... Oh, my God. I said he looked like a... <laughs> Like a Canadian Danny DeVito. Yeah, okay. I love that. Yeah, it's a Canadian Danny DeVito who's not lost all of his hair yet. Or he's grown out. If Danny DeVito grew out all of his hair. Oh, have you or, seen Danny DeVito in like the late It's Always Sunny seasons where his he, hair is just yeah, like growing that's, okay, out so that's like exactly completely what, horizontal? Avery is a Canadian treasure. He's not an American <laughs> treasure. He's a Canadian treasure. But there's an, there's an episode where... Avery arrives to the shop a few hours late because a spider <gasps> yes. has, has bitten Avery on the face. And I you must watch this show to see this. It's like it looks like it looks like on a sitcom, like it looks fake. Like prosthetics yeah, of like yeah. an allergic reaction. I don't think it was fake though. I think what happened is like they had this shoot <laughs> scheduled, like these shoots get scheduled. 
and it's really tight timing because availability and you know all these moving pieces. But like that morning, I've been, they're like, "Where's Avery?" and the producer probably called him. I was like, Avery, we need you here. Why, where are you? And Avery's like, oh, I got bit in the face or something. And I was like, okay, well, we still need you. Because they... He's always late. He's always Every yeah. episode, they're like, where the fuck is he? And he, he comes in, not... he's like, oh, sorry. Yeah. I broke my leg coming out the door this morning. <laughs> Avery is not a punctual man. <laughs> but the spy, the, just the, the reveal of the spider face is amazing. <laughs> But then after it's that, they don't address it at all. Yeah. Like, you see his face, they're like, oh, he got bit by a spider. And then... <laughs> Back to work. Yeah, it just continues as normal. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. And that's when I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm on board. I'm on board with this show. Mm-hmm. It's, it's incredible. You must... It is, it is watchable. Well, here is my... Theory. Okay. So you're saying it's watchable as as an expert. Okay. As a novice, I'm also going to give it a watchable because to me, this was less of a restorative, or I don't even know if that's the right term, a restoration show. Oh, yeah. And it was more of a sitcom. Oh, ab- yeah. Because it's not about the cars at the end of the day. It's about the narrative of the show. Absolutely. So I even like, I broke it down on here as okay. if it was a sitcom. Let's do it. You have your main characters. You have Mike. He's the owner of the shop. He's the protagonist. <laughs> he he uh, loves cars so much so that it gets in the way of him running a business because mm-hmm. he has a hard time letting go of That's his right. cars. Yeah. Avery is like the comedic sidekick character Bad things always happen to him. He's got the spider bite. Um, he had to drive through that flood. He's mm-hmm. constantly uh, trying to get cars out of the uh, I don't know the lawn or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're covered in like <laughs> oh they're God. covered in like rat shit. Yeah. And he's always oh. the one who has to deal with oh those my things. God. Uh, Connor, he is Mike's son. Mm-hmm. He is like the voice of reason. Mm-hmm businessman who has to deal with his dad's antics and try to focus them towards the business. So you have like three main characters. A great dynamic power triangle. All well established. Um, And then especially the Derby episode. You can definitely break that down as a narrative. Um, So this is season one, episode five, where they enter a Derby. And I literally have... Destruction Derby. Yeah. And I literally have it like so you have a setup of like what the problem is. Their shop is hemorrhaging money. Yeah. They have to win this derby. They need the advertising. Uh, the second incident, they are up against their friend Dave, and they are constantly talking yeah. shit on each other yeah. about who's going to win the derby. The next point, uh, they get to the derby, and then their car just like craps out on them. And they're devastated because this was like their one chance to get their advertising about the shop. And then, in a sweet gesture, Dave lets bygones be bygones and lets them paint his car with their logo. And then he goes on to win second place. So it has all the twists and turns that a sitcom (laughs) episode would have. It's pretty amazing. Do you think the paint thing is almost like a deus ex machina kind of thing? (laughs) Like, because they... Dave is God. <laughs> Does Dave, Dave? I can't remember Dave's character. Is he? Is he the really big guy, or is that a different? Do you remember who I'm talking about? Um, Dave is like. Okay, so I always got him mixed up with Greg. Greg is like one of their mechanics, the one who got married. 
And I think that might be who you're thinking okay. of. Okay. And then Dave is like, I don't remember if he works for them, but I think he, I think he like works down the street. Yeah. I think he has like. He shows up every shop. now and then, right? Yeah, has he's a like their money. friend slash rival yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of. So that's a, also a, a character. A great character. Their neighbor, yeah. that's the friend slash rival. Yeah. There you go. That's another sitcom trope. Dang, I've never thought of it mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. So I think that's what makes it enjoyable. And as someone who doesn't know anything about cars, I think. Um, I think they did a really good job of explaining things because in every episode, obviously, they're trying to restore a car. Yeah. Either they're trying to restore it so they can sell it or they have a client who's bringing a car to them. Yeah, sorry, there's a lot of noise outside. <laughs> <laughs> or they have a client bringing a car to them and asking them to restore it. And in every single episode, they're like, we thought it was just going to be an easy job, but then we <laughs> found this. And they're really good at giving an explanation for like, this is what happened and this is why it's bad. Yeah. Or this is what happened and this is why we have to fix it because if we don't fix it, then this is going to happen. And for someone who doesn't know anything about like how a car works mechanically really, um, I thought that it was very well explained yeah. so that I could still understand what was going on. Um, and they give you a nice little history of the cars. Too. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, I think, a great... Um those are all like great victories of that show is that they do make it really easy for like novices to follow along. Uh, yeah. I, I, that's why my girlfriend loves it so much is because like you do get that info, yeah. but you also get just the antics on this show. Do you remember he cuts like, is it like uh, rhubarb? You remember when they, they go to somebody's house? Oh, yeah, house? and he just starts eating it. Like, <laughs> yeah. he just, like, finds rhubarb in there. And just cuts it off garden. with a pocket knife, and just both him and Avery are just chomping down on raw rhubarb. <laughs> and it's, like, that's another moment where you're just like, yeah. okay, this show is amazing. There's a lot of really funny moments. Whatever these guys do, I'm 100% on board with. It's insane. Okay, this is a complete side note. I'm hoping you can explain something to me. Okay. What the fuck is happening with Chevelle's? Chevelle. Every car, oh, yeah. literally every episode, they're like, oh, wait, the Chevelle. Oh, this person's got a Chevelle. What car is that? It's a Chevelle. There's like, so many fucking Chevelles. It's just a cool car. I don't know. that. <laughs> I do remember that now. Like, it seemed like... There's like a weird obsession with them. Is that like a like is that like a super cool like vintage car I that everyone talks about? They must about? have been like... really rare in Canada or something mm-hmm. because yeah, the the fascination with them is pretty not strange because I think they're really cool, but like mm-hmm. they're not that rare in the U.S. It's just like one of those car- like the Chevelle <laughs> I think has like a pop culture status of like yeah. if someone has a Chevelle they're like oh, hell yeah. badass dude yeah <laughs> like you were. You wear a leather jacket, maybe smoke. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just, it's it's very strange, but also and very it's, cool. Uh, and it's fun to say. It is so. very fun to say. One of the Chevelle. Chevelle. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a cool cool car, but the the fascination the show has with it is very Canadian, I guess. <laughs> I would uh, I would encourage you guys if you do watch Rust Valley. To maybe make it a drinking game and oh take a shot God. every time they bring up Chevelle's. That would be fun. It doesn't sound like much, but trust me, <laughs> you're going to have to pour a, a lot out. Yeah, you'll get a good buzz going for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, you wanted to say something about Mike's dreadlocks? Oh my God. Okay, yeah. So, like, Mike has dreadlocks, um, but they're like graying. He's also an enormous man. He is super, he's very tall, and it's not yeah. evident. Until like halfway through the series, where they do like a full shot of his, yeah. like him standing next to Avery, um, 
and it's like startling how tall the guy is. <laughs> he's like, I think he's at least like six six or mm-hmm. six seven. You know, we compared Avery to Danny DeVito. Maybe he's like an average, like an averagely tall man, and yeah. just comparatively, I think so. looks, yeah, I think he, so. Maybe he's like five ten or something, and yeah. in our eyes, he's just so short because, because Mike's so tall. Mike's so tall, and um. Yeah, like the, I think it's not it's not just a shot of him and Avery because otherwise you would get that impression that Avery's really small, but like it's yeah. a group shot of like four dudes and Mike is towering over all of them. And it was, <laughs> it's like a really, it's a strange, it's just an absurd reveal. Yeah, halfway through, he's like an absurd character. Absolutely, I'm he, gonna call him a character because I mean I'm just essentially just thinking of this as a sitcom. Yeah, but. <laughs> he's a great character. Um, and he reminds me of a lot of people that I like, that I know, because I grew up in like a small town mm-hmm. where a lot, like I, um, I just know all, a lot, I know a lot of old dudes uh, <laughs> and they all have like cars in their yard, you know, like yeah. sometimes, like the most, I don't really know anyone like Mike where it's like hundreds of cars, but you know, like, a, like 10 cars would not yeah. like, it'd be like, whoa, he's got a lot of cars, <laughs> but it wouldn't be like startling information you know yeah so i see a lot of like those old dudes and like my dad in mike in that like these guys like it's hard to like give up stuff because you like even myself i feel it sometimes is like you really want to buy a car because you can like see the potential in it and what it could be and you just don't want to let it go even though even if you have hundreds of literally hundreds of cars that you could afford to let go of you it's I don't know if it's a sickness or a mental illness, <laughs> but it's like, I think a lot of people in the U.S. can relate to that. And I think that's why mm-hmm. the show is so, also another, very relatable from a car guy perspective. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's funny because I feel like they create a lot of tension throughout the show, which also sucks you in. Because not only do you have, every episode has kind of attention where it's like we only have three days to finish this car and x y and z is going wrong yeah and everything that's can go wrong does go wrong so not only do you have that tension but like you said before every like five minutes they cut to someone reminding you that oh we might need to close the shop if we don't get any money which i guess makes sense from like a tv like broadcast tv perspective because you have to constantly inform the audience Mm -hmm. so that i guess now that you said like it already aired on tv i thought it was just like a web or a Netflix original, you know, like made for Netflix original. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that like, that makes sense that they do that. Yeah. So it's like, you also get like the overarching tension of like a whole season arc yeah. basically. Um, and that lends, that, that gives more credence to the, mm-hmm. the sitcom theory you have. I think, um, I also think you root for Mike because like, while he does have like a fatal flaw of being like too into his cars, and at times you're like, you idiot, yeah. like you're so bad at business, you need to like sell <laughs> shit, and you're like on board with Connor, and you're like, yeah, yeah, he's the only one who knows shit. He's also like, he's a very honest person, he's very knowledgeable, like they walk through their like whole car yard like so many times. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would ever be able to do this. He just like points at cars that are literally like. They're like falling yeah, apart. Yeah. There's like trees growing yeah. out of them, and he'll be like, "Yeah, that's a 1975." Yeah, blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is very like at the end of the day, you would you wouldn't mind like hanging out at his garage with him because yeah. he's, he's probably a really cool dude. Yeah. yeah, and like the whole just to your point about the um like the deadline thing, like we discovered um 
Back at Donut. Um, we did a show, we filmed a show last year called Hilo, where we built two identical cars, one with really cheap parts, one with expensive parts. And it was kind of funny, because like, over the course of the season, we were kind of, every every other episode, we'd probably like make a joke about like that's the cliche of like, we have to get this car done, or <laughs> my, my, my family's going to leave me. Yeah. Like, because it's just a done-to-death trope at this point. But what we realized is that it's not, like... That's not a real thing, like that de- that kind of deadline. Like we have to get it done. Um, it's more of like a production deadline. Like, hey, mm-hmm. the crew's only going to be here for two weeks, so you literally only have oh, yeah. a couple days left before we run out of production money. Yeah. Because um, I, I, for one summer, I worked in a hot rod shop, not unlike Mike's, and some of those cars had been there for like two years. The car building business isn't exactly like. Okay, I give you my money, and I'm expecting a product by a certain time. It's usually just like, I've given you money, and I'm going to get this car yeah. when it's done correctly, you know? Yeah, no one's going to be like, oh, you didn't you didn't put a door on while I'm driving yeah. off anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, precisely. Um, so that dead, the whole deadline trope is pretty, it's more of a production thing than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overall, I really enjoyed this show. Really yeah. sucked me in. I would highly recommend it. Um, and it's, I just like the reveal at the end where you finally get to see like the before and after shot of the car. Mm-hmm. Obviously it's all leading up to that big reveal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as someone who doesn't know anything about cars, I would recommend that show. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a great show. I think everyone should watch yeah. it. Just, it's, it's so much fun. Yeah. We're each giving it a watchable. Big watchable stamp on there. Yep. Awesome. Love that show. Hey, Nolan. Hey. Um, so now that you've been on the podcast, if you were an advertiser, would you sponsor me? I think so. I think so. Mm-hmm. Well, perfect. Because I've been doing this segment on here where I really want to prove to advertisers that I am gung-ho, ready to sell out. I got my ad reads ready. Um, so if you can, just think of anything that you want me to improvise an ad for right here, right now. And I'll, I'll make up an ad read right here on the spot to prove how good I am. All right. Uh, I think I want an ad for those little stickers that they put on fruit. Okay. <clears throat> stickers that you put on fruit. All right. <laughs> Give me a sec. Okay. Gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. Oh, my stomach is a rumbling. I better go to the fridge and see what we have in there. Clomp, 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 clomp. <laughs> Boom. Open fridge door. Oh my god. What? I have, I have so many apples and I, I can't differentiate any of them. What? What is this, this green one? What is this? What is this? What is this red one? Oh my god. How can I ever make a decision about which apple to eat? Has this ever happened to you guys? I know it's a problem that I face every day as a millennial American. Well, don't worry, we've got those problems solved. With, uh, with Sticker for Apples, we have you covered. It's a 12-month subscription service that sends you stickers to put on your fruit every month. You can go online, you can select through their packages. We got stickers for all kinds of fruit, not just apples. I know it's called Sticker for Apples, but they've expanded their line. We got apples, we got bananas, we have the, the ever-so-evasive guava. We have stickers for every kind of fruit you could possibly want, and it's all going to get shipped right to your door. 
Go online, stickers, stickersforapples.com, put in the coupon code, uh, <laughs> I fucks with Granny Smith, and you'll get 25% off. Guys, I'm telling you, do not go in blindly anymore. Know what fruit you're putting in your body because you put the label on there yourself. Stickersforapples.com. It's the next big thing in fruit. How was that? Good. Yeah, you're hired. Yay. So let's turn over to a show that's very different from okay. Rust Valley. Let's talk about Fastest Car. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. Netflix's, I think, first original car show that they had. It premiered uh, a while, a long time ago, I mm-hmm. think now, at least three years ago. Um, would you like to explain the premise? <laughs> it's funny that Netflix cancels its shows so often that we're like, three years ago? Yeah, this is an old Netflix yeah, show. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. It only has two seasons, as, as I know of. I don't know if they're making a third. But um, essentially, the whole premise of this show is the, the, the first season was eight episodes, I believe. The first seven episodes are all like drag races to qualify mm-hmm. for the final for, yeah for like the giant finale drag race in the eighth episode um and every episode kind of follows i forget if it's like it's by location or something like I, that or like i think there's seven drivers and then um they kind of follow each one each person kind of gives their background it's also a big concept of supercars versus sleeper cars yeah that's like the big Mm-hmm. hook of that show so if people are doing a sleeper car they often explain like how they started like mm-hmm. fixing up this car what it means to them blah 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 the supercars they really talk about like the technology of their car and stuff like that and then they all race and then whoever wins that one gets to go on to the final race in the eighth episode um as like the grand finale and whoever wins has the fastest car yep hence the title <laughs> pretty simple it's literally just like preparing for a race and then racing yeah so <laughs> Uh, admittedly, I've only watched the first episode of the first season uh, because I got turned off to this show pretty quickly mm-hmm. due to the fact that they race on dirt, which is <laughs> mind-boggling to me. Uh-huh. That they would, it, it, it just makes no sense. It makes no <laughs> sense because all these cars that are being built for the show or being driven for the show, um, they're all set up to drive on asphalt, yeah. and dirt has no like your tires need. The friction that asphalt produces to yeah. to drive, so to drive them on dirt, <laughs> I think from a stylistic perspective it looks awesome, mm-hmm. and that's probably why they did it. But it just makes it makes no sense. Yeah, as someone who watched like the whole first season, I don't remember if they ever explained that choice. I probably don't not. think they did. <laughs> And I obviously didn't think much of it because I don't know that much about drag racing in general. Mm. But now that you mention it, I'm like, wait a second. These are like street racers and they're yeah. not racing on a street? It's <laughs> like... so weird. And um, I just, some also some of the characters, I won't name any names or anybody, uh, <laughs> but okay, maybe it's not the character's fault or the people's fault, but producers <laughs> have a way of making you say things that are not, yeah. True. Just to like make a story about characters mm-hmm. that make sense, so you can have villains and heroes, and that's kind of the, the theme of that show. At least the first season is that like the supercar owners are douchebags, yeah, and the sleepers are hardworking people who built their cars. <laughs> and I mean, that's why the show was so I think so popular uh, is because like that's like a 
very relatable dynamic. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, the rich guy sucks. Here's a guy who built his own. Yeah. The whole built, not bought um, argument, you know. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not bad, per se, but, like, it's just it's just a weird show. It's just a weird <laughs> You're show. You're, like, pulling out your hair right I now don't know how to, Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Um, he is visibly agitated at yeah, the thought of this show Because... I just I don't know what to say about it. Um, <laughs> well, I think in the second season they do trend. It's the dirt. <laughs> it's the dirt, Chloe. That's the problem. You've been trying to like articulate this for five minutes. And at the end of the day, you're just like, fuck the, that dirt. Yeah, it's the dirt. I, the, it, at least in the second season, they do do asphalt, which makes a lot more sense. I should watch that and see <laughs> if my complaints about the show are uh, addressed. But um, mm-hmm. the dirt doesn't make any sense. Because okay. No, never mind. Never mind. Okay, wait. Okay, I'll tell you something. <laughs> Just go, I'll give go you a ahead. moment to cool ahead, off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dying so hard right now at your reaction to this. You're like, I don't. All I have to say is like dirt, and then you... I don't want to like come off. I don't want to say anything bad about anyone on the show because look, like producers and editing can make you look so bad. Oh, yeah. You know that's reality TV. As I know from years of watching The Bachelor. Exactly. It really applies here. Yeah, it does. I mean, it does. Like, this is reality TV. They're going to make people look like absolute jerks, which we'll get to when we talk about the next show, because I have some insight from that. Um, but it's just, it's a, it's Netflix's first big try into the car, mm-hmm. um, into the car scene. And I think they actually did learn a lot, as we'll see when we get to talk to her about our next show. <laughs> Uh, I think they learned a lot from Fastest Car, mm-hmm. um, season one. So yeah. both, I would love to hear more of your thoughts on it. Well, I think what was interesting to me is I felt like they were almost trying to create a narrative. Hey, well, here's the thing about all reality TV shows. All reality TV shows are centered around a narrative. Even there's, even though they're supposed to be reality, people don't follow well if there's not like a story structure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they tried to create that but they didn't do it very well. So, like I said, the format is kind of following each racer up until that racing day. Um, and so I think every episode is like maybe 45 mm-hmm. minutes to an hour, and it doesn't feel like it should be. It feels very stretched out. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if it's because of the way that it's edited or if it's just the stories that they're conveying themselves, but a lot of them aren't really enough to grip you for that full 45 minutes until you get to the race. So there were actually a lot of episodes where I found myself just like skipping to the race, which Mm -hmm. is like maybe five minutes at the end. Um, And as someone who doesn't know that much about cars and like drag racing in general, I didn't feel like it was very well explained. Like, mm. like since the whole concept is sleeper cars versus supercars, I had to look up what a sleeper car was. I could figure out what a supercar was yeah. pretty easily. But I didn't really know what a sleeper car was. Okay. I kind of could figure it out, but I wanted to, like, affirm my inference and, like, look it up. And I yeah. was right. A sleeper car is a, a high-performance car that has, like, an unassuming exterior. Yes. Yes. Um, and then a supercar is a high performance, like yeah, street like legal something that, sports like, car. You see them all over LA, like Lamborghinis, Ferraris, blah blah yeah. blah. And I could kind of get that, but 
I still like in order f- to enjoy watching the episode, I had to like go online and make sure I was correct. Yeah. Just so that I could follow it. Um, and they do talk a lot about like the culture of drag racing and stuff like that, but they don't. I just feel like they never stop to really explain things, mm-hmm. which is fine if you're someone who already comes in with that background and like. You know, maybe this is just a show that was made for people who already have a background, and that's so. fine. I think so. But if you want a show to be very popular and accessible, accessible, yeah. accessible, yeah. I mean, just give it like it doesn't take long, like two minutes at the beginning of the first episode. Like drag racing has been the oldest. <laughs> like, yeah, you got two cars. First one to finish line wins. Yeah, <laughs> a sleeper car. Is that your Fast and the Furious voice? Yeah, my, my Vin Diesel. Like, actually, my Vin Diesel just sounds like Stallone, but like... They should, did they, was Vin Diesel involved with the show? Do we know? Um, I don't know. I feel like they kind of bring up Fast and the Furious like maybe once, which is That's, kind of funny to me. I would feel like they would have brought I, it up more. I would guess then that nobody from... Mm-hmm. That show is involved. I'm not saying every show has to be made for someone like me who needs to be like walked through it. Like that might agitate people. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who's really into drag racing, you might be like, "Why the fuck are they explaining this to me?" Again, like, like just at the beginning, then like just a really quick yeah. kind of like summary, just to get people in the door. Yeah. So I mean, as much as I would have preferred it, maybe that's not everyone's preference. Um, but I would have really loved if they had given us more of the history and background of. Street racing. I hope... Can I use drag racing and street racing interchangeably? I hope I'm not doing well, that. Well, I mean, typically, justice. like, street racing... So, drag racing is, at its essence, two cars see who can do the quarter mile the fastest, yeah. you know? Um, and that's evolved into, like, you know, mile-long racing, blah, blah, blah. Street racing is usually just, like, that same format of going a quarter mile, but just on a, on a literal street. Gotcha. Like, there's street... Uh, there's a few spots in Southern California <laughs> um, that are very famous for this. Yeah. Um, and usually they're done in like, clandi- like you know, there's like group text of these guys who know each other. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, let's like, it's usually, it's all around gambling too. Yeah. Like people put big money on these races. So uh, where was I going with this? Well, I realized, oh, I, was, yeah. I, realized Street- I was using it interchangeably. And if people know the difference, they're like, the fuck is this person yeah. talking about? So <laughs> okay. I wanted yeah. to make sure I wasn't an idiot. So like street racing, like, Thanks to the Fast and Furious, like, street racing kind of got this, like, the image of street racing was that, like, at least in the movies, is that there's, like, tracks and circuits that people would race around town with turns and stuff. Usually it's just straight line stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? I think overall, I'm going to have to give Fastest Car an unwatchable from me. It's got the unwatchable stamp on it from a novice. Yeah, Um, I think I'm going to have to revisit this show. I'm going to watch it from, like, a critical perspective of, like, the evolution of Netflix's car shows. Because mm-hmm. I think watching this, like, just seeing, like, what they learned from Fastest Car mm-hmm. and seeing it... Oh, sorry? Seeing it, seeing how they applied... A rude person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seeing, how, yeah. seeing how they applied their... What they learned from this show to their other ones, I think, would be very interesting. Also, I, I have to shout out um, BC. Uh, he's the guy with uh, the minivan in the first episode. Oh yeah, I wrote a note about him. Yeah, I've act- I've met me I've met BC a few times. We actually shot his the that van in one of our videos. Mm-hmm. He's like s- just a super nice guy, and that van is insane. Mm-hmm. So okay, I'll give the episode one the only one I've watched the watchable stamp just so you can see that car. It's, <laughs> it's a minivan with like a just thousand horsepower. It's insane. Yeah, just for, I, I love BC. BC mm-hmm. great. 
Um, if you guys don't want to hear what happens at the very end of the first season, then skip this like next 30 seconds. But I just wanted to point out, so you were talking about how they have like a, a sleeper car versus supercar thing where like everyone who drives the supercar mm-hmm. is like portrayed to be oh like a God. douchebag. Yeah, because okay, in that first episode, the guy who drives the Ford GT, they make him look mm-hmm. like such an asshole <laughs> like because he's like yeah i made them i don't remember what he made his money from but uh-huh. he's like very upfront with how he's like a millionaire and he's mm-hmm. got multiple supercars and how this one's his favorite one blah blah, blah. Yeah. and it's just like oh they made him look so bad yeah i forget if this was the first or the second episode but there was this guy who was like yeah i learned how to drive by watching youtube oh my god <laughs> which <laughs> Honestly, as someone who consumes a lot of YouTube, I don't have any judgment from yeah, that that's statement. Probably, that's probably really But cool. they made him look like such an asshole, and everyone <laughs> was talking shit on him. And I think he might have been the guy who ends up winning at oh the end. God. Because at the very end, after all this buildup of having it be like a supercars versus sleeper cars kind of narrative, where you think like, oh, the whole, it's all going to lead up to like a yeah. sleeper car winning... This guy in, like, a Lamborghini wins. And I think it was the guy who said that he learned on YouTube that everyone hated. And the whole episode, (laughs) like, the whole finale, they make him look like such a dick. Where, like, they just keep cutting back to people being like, I fucking hate that guy. (laughs) And then he wins. And then they're like, he makes this, like, awkward speech at the end where he's like, well, you know, I know a lot of you spent a lot of time working on your cars and, like, they're your dream cars and you put your heart like your blood sweat and tears into these cars but in the end i won and like that's basically his speech all right see ya i'm gonna head out (laughs) it was so funny to me and then it just ends and you're like what the fuck that was that was all i was leading up to was this like rich dick being like well peace out all right guess i won um see ya Later, I guess. Okay. <laughs> no, I got, now I really want to watch it. Was it was so funny. It was honestly hilarious. All right. So uh, overall, I give it an unwatchable. You have a watchable for the first episode. Yeah. Verdict's still out on the rest of the I series will, for yeah. you. But, you know, if you guys are super into drag racing, street racing, you have a sleeper car, uh, I think you would enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, check it out. Um, and finally. Ooh, yes. The one that I know you're really excited yeah, I to love talk it. about. I love this show. Hyperdrive. Hyperdrive. An incredible TV show. Already given it a watchable stamp right now. <laughs> right I mean, off the bat. discussed it. But yeah. This is a uh, like an obstacle course racing competition yes. for lack of a better it's like, description. It's like, a, it's like Ninja Warrior with cars basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's let's, crazy. Let's just talk about it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so essentially the way that this is structured is... It starts with 28 competitors. I believe they have they have four qualifying rounds, yeah. three to four knockout rounds, a wild card round where they mm-hmm. they let um, previous participants who hadn't qualified all come back to like compete one last time so that one of them can make it to the semifinals, which is next. I think they do two rounds of semifinals, and then they have the last finale where I believe it's the... Final seven. Okay. We're competing in the finale. Yeah. No, no, top seven is the semifinals. I forget how many were in the actual finale. Well, I wouldn't be able to tell you either because I did not actually finish watching the whole Hyperdrive series, but I still have a lot of thoughts on it. Oh, yeah. And I think it's really, really great. Perfect. Well, go for it. Um, So just the way way they do the qualifying rounds in the beginning is very interesting because... the top six go through each time, right? 
to the next round, and uh, then they bring yes. in the next another new six drivers. Mm-hmm. So even if you made it past the first qualifier, you're still oh. So the top three finishers of each qualifier automatically move to the knockout round, but yeah. the remaining drivers still have a chance of getting knocked out. So you could do really well, say, in round two coming back, but if you just mess up on one or two obstacles, you're gone. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a really interesting way of doing a competition, and you really get to know the returning drivers each time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know one of the hosts pretty well, or not one of the hosts. I know one of the contestants really well. Uh, Aaron Parker, he has a mm-hmm. Mazda, a purple with lightning Mazda RX-7. Um, and before the show had came out, we were, we were shooting our high-low uh, show in July of that year. So, like, he was like, yeah, like, I was just on this mm-hmm. Netflix thing. Um, and I think at that point we had seen promos, like, trailers for the show. And just in the weeks leading up to the show, like, there were billboards for Hyperdrive all over the place, so Mm -hmm. all over L.A. And I gave it, like, one watch, or the first episode, like, a watch when it first debuted. And I actually didn't like it at first, because I was Uh like, oh, this is, like, I could could tell it was, like, really well, it was just, like, really, not overproduced, but just, like, kind of very glossy. And I was like, oh, this is, like, it, it felt a little too basic at points. Mm-hmm. To like the point about fastest car not being basic enough, this felt a little too basic. Uh, but then, you know, like, gotten in touch with you. It's like, okay, like, I want to be on the yeah. podcast. Let's watch Hyperdrive. And finally, like, had time to watch and got into episode two, which is when I really fell in love with the show because there's a moment, the, the moment for me when I thought, oh, I'm in, is when Sarah Haro mm-hmm. um, wins her qualifier round with like a basically stock Mustang and yeah. I was like oh it's not it's not like fastest car where like just the mo- the car with the most money yeah and it can win it is actually very skill based that's what I was in yeah because of the different tracks that they have and the different obstacles they have they're testing a lot of different skills mm-hmm. it's not just like who can go the fastest it's like how well can you do these like like yeah. a Rockford turn that was a big thing oh, I that learned cool. that yeah. term yeah. I learned what it was um, so it's not only like going fast it's also like do you have like precision yeah can you uh, be like patient and kind of know how to maneuver your car like when they do the leveler mm-hmm. that's like mm-hmm. really important knowing kind of it's kind of like knowing your car inside and out yeah and like absolutely. how okay my car is like really wide with turns, so how am I going to maneuver correctly yeah. to do this like 360 and stuff like that? Um, so it's almost like a test of like how connected you are to the vehicle that you're driving. Yeah, which is really interesting. It is. It's super interesting. Except the courses themselves, at least in the earlier episodes, really favor a certain kind of car, like mm-hmm. the drift cars. Like drifting is when you like. It's like if you've seen. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, you know what I'm talking about, but like, you know, sliding the rear end of your car around turns, making a lot of tire smoke, like sliding is the the name of the game with drifting, and the course kind of favors those, at least all those target obstacles where they have to hit mm-hmm. targets with their car, um, and that just put the drag racers at an immediate disadvantage uh-huh. in those earlier episodes, because those drag cars are not set up to do that at all, they're set up to go straight. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the producers should have put a little more emphasis or giving the drag racers more of a shot early on because by episode three, all of these guys were gone. But there are a few uh, obstacles like the leveler, 
um, which is basically like a teetot or teetot, no, teeter totter. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Had to go back to teetot thir- third grade <laughs> for that one. Yeah, uh, it's like a giant teeter totter. That thing must have cost. Oh, hundreds yeah. of thousands of Dude, dollars and that's why they have to use it for every <laughs> yeah. single one they're like we're, we paid for this we're gonna use it when it when they did the first qualifier i was like oh okay the leveler is just big like whatever i wasn't that impressed and then by the end of the show i'm like yeah the leveler <laughs> like you gotta get out there <laughs> it's amazing uh so they have like that's like an environmental one and then they have like um this big pool that they have to drive mm-hmm. through where like the cars are kind of not submerged, but they have to drive through like a, a few, like probably six inches of water, which is yeah. actually pretty. That's a lot of water for a car, like a, a race car, you yeah. know. Um, and then what are some other environmental ones? I look to them a lot. Did you see? Um, so originally the leveler was just like you just have to make it to the end, and it goes mm-hmm. like whoop, and like goes down. Goes and lets down. You off. Yeah. Did you end up watching later in the they have to show? Make it yeah, balance, where they have right? to balance. That looked- really difficult that was cool yeah, that was crazy so, like they the, the contestants are given a time limit of having to like get the the level or just perfectly level and then they can move on and it that was that one looks yeah uh, is deceivingly difficult and they have to hold it for like for 10 uh, seconds yeah for 10 yeah. seconds and that's really when you it's not like that's not about speed no at all that's no. like really about precision and knowing your car to yep. know like how like is it really heavy? Like, should I? Where's the weight of the car? Yeah. Like, where, where, what part of your car is the heaviest at which end? Like, knowing yeah. that it's, and having a really good spotter is also very yeah. important on the show, which works out to the detriment of a few of the contestants. Yeah. The the, the, the spotter was obviously not uh, doing a great job. Um, yeah. Okay, so yeah, the Sarah Haro, you just like you you root so hard for her, and then in the first episode. Um, I think her name's Brittany. Yes. And she has the Nissan. Yes. Um, I do have to say I was very happy because I think there was, I know she had a Nissan. I think someone else had a Nissan and I drive a Nissan Sentra, everybody. So I was like, Nissans, where are you? I represent. (laughs) Okay. So I do remember watching the first episode and rooting for her really hard because her her Nissan is what we, we built up on Hilo. So I just felt like a kinship Mm -hmm. with that car. Um, also, a big side note, women do really well in this show. There's a lot of... Oh, yeah. Uh, there is a lot. Uh, representation, you know? I think that's also why this show is so great. Mm-hmm. Is it's a very diverse cast. I noticed that all the women were very good at balancing the leveler. Yeah. Because they were all like... Taking and I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to generalize here, but because it takes so much patience and so much communication, mm-hmm. like, they were a lot more patient... They communicated with their spotters. Um, the person who was like on—I don't know if spotters are like something people generally know. There's there was, a few, yeah, okay. there was someone on like a walkie-talkie with them, basically like being like, "Okay, you're coming up on this course. You're doing this." Like basically being their eyes. Yes. Um, and they were really good at communicating with their spotters. And yeah. there, there was even that one lady who, um, her and her husband were both competitors. Yeah. And that one lady who was just like, shut up, like, I got this. And, like, yeah. <laughs> she would just do the leveler by herself. She was like, I don't even need a spotter. Like, yeah. I got this shit. She <laughs> was great. What was her name? Graf. Car- Carolina. No, that was... Carolina Graf. And then her husband was Alex Graf. I thought Carolina was a Polish woman. No, she was German. No, I know. I, I know it's the Graf, but, sorry. Oh. Uh, oh, Corinna Graf. Corinna. Yeah, and then Carolina was the Polish chick with the uh, Nissan another Nissan uh, first episode ends with the story of the South African gr- uh, girl yes. with her little BMW 
Yeah. Um, and then unfortunately, she just her car kind of falls apart yeah. <laughs> over the course of it, which is so unfortunate. But man, like Netflix knows how to keep you watching. Yeah. They, I did write down the the way that they structure, at least in the beginning. Um, and my my only real complaint with this show has to do with the beginning, and I'll get to that in a second. Okay. But the way that they structure it is they kind of start off with maybe like two or three competitors to showcase um, at the very beginning, people to suck you in. Like they start with Fielding Shredder. It's, oh yeah. They start with um, what a great name. Varian. I I looked it up. That's his real name. <laughs> That's crazy. You can't yeah. go into anything other than racing if no. your name if you're born into the name yeah. Fielding, Fielding Shredder, Shredder. Oh my god. Um, also, he looked like uh, Adam Levine from Maroon 5 to me, kind of. Really? So that's just how I kept thinking of him. I might be wrong, <laughs> but that's the vibe I was getting. Um, so they start off with like two people to kind of showcase that are really good, races that kind of suck you in, and then they kind of like skip through a bunch of people yeah. who either didn't qualify or maybe their races weren't like as memorable, and then they end with like a really interesting one. And a lot of times in the beginning, they'll end with kind of like a cliffhanger yeah, to carry you yeah. on into the next episode. And yeah, the cliffhanger at the end of the first one is like this girl from South Africa. Her like dad sold his tow truck to yeah. like get her to this competition. Charlize Theron yeah. pops up out yeah. of nowhere. <laughs> well, she's, she's, a like, she's a producer yeah, on the show. She produces the show. But it was so funny. They were like, we sent out one of our producers to yeah. like oh, say yeah. hi to her. That was a great moment. <laughs> and yeah. she just shows up. Um... I'm not gonna lie, I got kind of emotional watching some of these oh, yeah. people's stories. Yeah. Because that part where like this girl has come all the way from South Africa, like she wants this more than anyone, and then her car just like totally just like I don't even remember what happened. I think it was the water, like yeah, that messed her up. Messed with the wiring or something, yeah. And it was I think it was the first case of having someone's car just like completely stop. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, it was so devastating. Yeah, it's it's crazy how like invested you get in the characters because like mm -hmm. they really do a a very great job of like making you really care about them, uh, especially like my buddy Aaron uh, Parker. Uh, I don't like you kind of get a little glimpse of it early on, but then like I think it's episode three or four, you like you learn that Aaron like is working like five jobs to yes. like help support like his family of like. Of, of foster siblings mm -hmm. it's it's insane and like oh, like I've known Aaron for like a while now mm -hmm. and I was still like damn like how <laughs> can you not love Aaron he's yeah. such a great he's so cool and they do a good job I've of... just come on this I've come on this podcast just to espouse <laughs> my love for Aaron um but <laughs> they, oh no problem um they do a good job of they don't like showcase every person right off the bat yeah i think that kind of when i was watching fastest car i think it kind of like got overwhelming by them just yeah. doing that right off the bat yeah. so i like that they kind of wait until that person is about to have like a big moment exactly to showcase them because i really think well done. like the person we were talking about uh corinna graf she's obviously in it from the beginning and i don't think they showcase her until you even get to no. like I think like the very end of the knockout rounds, which so. is like episode five and then or you're something. Like, Damn, like she's now she's like one of my favorite characters. Yeah, and you they they like wait until that person is about to have a moment. Yeah. Either where they have a moment of victory or they have a moment of defeat. Um and hers, I I don't think you made it to this episode. Hers was really interesting, and this isn't going to spoil the outcome of anything. I think I saw um, her showcase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She had a 
a great I don't remember if this is right after she did her showcase I think it was but she was doing one of the obstacle courses and they have like this basically like this waterfall that like shoots out at yeah, and it's like it's crazy. it was like 1500 gallons or something like that yeah pretty eco-friendly yeah and she takes <laughs> she takes the full impact of that water right onto her windshield oh no so her windshield cuz she was trying to do a spin to oh, get okay. out of it and for some reason, like, she ended up getting stuck underneath the waterfall. So she takes the full impact on her windshield, and the whole thing just caves in on her. And so she has to stop the race because she has yeah. to go get medical attention. And she has, like, glass in her eyes and, like, her mouth. Oh, my God. And her whole windshield is busted. Um, and it's really sad because she's doing, like, so freaking well. You, like, love her at this point. You want her to succeed. And then later in the episode... They like strip off her windshield. They get her medical attention, and then she comes and she finishes awesome. the course like without a windshield, yeah. like going through that like huge uh, like stream of water, like no windshield, and makes it and qualifies. I'm pretty sure she qualifies for the semifinals, okay. if not the finale yeah. of the show. That's awesome. So she has like a redemption yeah. story too. That's amazing. The show is really great. Not only being like a competition show, like Ninja Warrior or, you know, whatever, or MXC, Most Extreme Elimination, or remember that show? I don't think <laughs> okay. so. What was that? It was like this show from Japan where like, it was like an obstacle course, but <laughs> they had like hundreds of people running it at the same time, <laughs> and they just get wiped out by like these absurd oh challenges. Uh, I want to do a Japanese game show episode. That'd be amazing. I fucking oh, love yeah. them. Yeah. So anyway... Uh, they so they do a really great job telling these stories, but also just like the competition is so much fun to watch. Like yeah. if I was like twelve and this I could watch this show, like it would be my favorite mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Just because how, how like the cars are sliding around turns, like the, the the it's shot really well too. So like yeah. you can really like the cameramen really know sorry camera operators really know like <laughs> how to really capture like the the just the intensity of like a huge drift around a turn like some of those guys like um fielding does it really well he he he's always like linking it. Yes. fielding by the way just an, a madman oh yeah around the course but there's a few of those guys who like really can link the whole course together with a lot of flair and style and it just looks so cool mm-hmm. it's not one that you're like oh i already know who's gonna win like yeah. right off the bat and that exactly that's why i love when like uh sarah haro qualified super well mm-hmm. in that second episode. It's like, oh, this this can be anyone's game. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really got hooked in. What do you what do you think of the hosts of the show? See Oh my god, okay. I have one note about the hosts and I said let me find it. It was really funny. While I'm looking this up, did you see the guy who was like his name was Wacky Mick and I he was like wrote Wacky the Mick Lost down. Beetle yeah. basically and he's racing like a giant van and he keeps just like missing turns yeah, and like Wacky Mick. just like cannot follow the obstacle course. Like you don't, you hear of Wacky Mick before you see Wacky Mick I think in the episode and the, just the shot of him, he's got like long hair and you're just like oh like it's. It's startling, and it's really great editing. There's such a buildup, and then he just like keeps missing turns yeah, and just like drives that was a bad, off. A, a bad, bad spotter there. A oh good example God. of a bad spotter. Like oh. he does, like his car is really awesome. And there's that shot of him like jumping a bridge <laughs> somewhere in like England. And it's amazing, and the, his it's car so is amazing. Funny. He, I want to hang out with that there's guy. Some but really like, funny people. it's incredible. But then like the, I think he got his spotter messed up, or just you know mistakes. You know, yeah. you get like 
pressure, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I found my note. Okay. So my only note that I wrote about the announcers is that one of the announcers sounds like uh, Mike Myers doing the only voice that he knows how to do. You know that, like, is... Mike Myers voice that's, like, kind of like Shrek? <laughs> is and, that like... Michael? Okay, so because the three hosts are uh, Michael Bisping, who is a British... <laughs> I think a, that's a who British, it is. Yeah, I think that's him. He's the... Um, He's a former MMA. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's him. You know how fighter. Michael, you know how Mike Myers from SNL yeah. can only do that one like, yeah. like British <laughs> Irish voice. That's it's exactly amazing. what yeah. it sounds like. It's so crazy. Like, <laughs> like the concept that they have Michael Bisping hosting, hosting. First of all, like I know he did like analysis for I think Fox UFC or something. Mm -hmm. um, but as a as a car show host, at first I was. I was like, what is this guy doing? But by, through the end, through the series, I really come to appreciate Michael Bisping just because, like, yeah. some of his commentary is really funny and just hearing his voice is hilarious. <laughs> um, and then you've got Mike Hill, who's, uh, I don't really know a lot about Mike Hill. He's, um, he's a Fox Sports analyst or a host. Mm -hmm. um, and Rutledge Wood, finally, <laughs> who uh, was, he was a former host of uh, Top Gear America. He does a lot of NASCAR stuff. Um, I've actually met Rutledge in the mall of all places at Cent mm -hmm. Century City. I was eating dinner uh, in the food court, as you do with my girlfriend, <laughs> and I we you know we're we're done. I'm, I get up from my seat, and Rutledge Wood is like walking at me. Uh -huh. He's like Nolan, and I was like, I've never met him before, uh -huh. and I was like so like shocked that he knew like my name just because mm -hmm. like donut uh no is he but, a fan yeah he's like a big donut fan and i was like it was just surreal because like he is like he's such a yeah. nice guy um and like he, he like legitimately cares about what you're saying like he talked like like we were kind of not done talking but like he like asked my girlfriend about all like what she's doing and just like he he's such a cool guy and uh but having him on hyperdrive like he really adds he has a, since he has a background in like motorsports commentating and he was on Top Gear for a, a long time. Like, he, he really, he brings the legitimacy and the yeah. knowledge to the, the host crew. Yeah. You know? So, one of my only critiques was that as soon as you kind of get to Qualifier 2, I feel like there's a lot of fatigue of watching the same thing mm -hmm. over and over again because there are so many competitors. Mm -hmm. I really feel like it heats up more, obviously, as they, you know, pare it down. Mm -hmm to a lot of, like, the people that you are more familiar with. Um, because, I mean, they do start with 28, and they yeah. do have to, like, kind of give it... Even though they don't focus on everyone, that is just a lot of people. So it feels like the qualifiers are, like, half of the show. Yeah, it um, does get pretty repetitive. Yeah. They do introduce new obstacles every episode, but, yeah. like, there's only one new obstacle. So you're seeing a course with say, five obstacles with one new one, you're still seeing four of ones that you're completely familiar yeah. with. It does get a little repetitive. But somehow I, like, found myself wanting, like, to keep going through it just because I was, like, I was hooked at, at, yeah. by episode two. Um, and then the only other negative, and this wasn't really a negative for me, but for some people who might be looking for it, um, it doesn't talk a lot about anything technical, so if you are looking for something that'll give you more of like a technical background, mm -hmm. 
I mean, they do touch on some things where they're Sometimes. like, this person has this car, and this car is mainly built for speed. Or yeah. this person, this is mainly built for whatever. Um, but they don't get too far into like any technical aspects about these cars. So that's something that you're looking for. It's a little bit lacking here. Yeah. Personally, that didn't bother me um, just because it did make it easier for me mm-hmm. to follow. Um, and it did help you focus on like the main part of it, which is the racing. Yeah. Um, but I'm just putting that out there for people who like really want their racing shows to have like a very intricate analysis of each car. You're not going to get that here. It's not a technical show. I mean, there's... Yeah, no, I agree with you. I don't remember ever thinking like, man, this is a little in the weeds for me. <laughs> like, it's it's very like, oh, here's a cool car. It's gonna do some cool stuff. There you it's go. Got like, flames on the side. Yeah, it's gonna watch you go. <laughs> yeah, it's um, all about the spectacle. I did not make it all the way through the series yet. I am gonna finish it, even if Chloe uh, spoils it. Today, but um, I won't like, spoil it for you. Uh, you can. It's fine. I don't. <laughs> I know how this. I know. How, I, I stopped caring about spoilers like five years ago because it's just like. If I had really cared about knowing the ending to something, yeah. I would have like gone and saw it, or you know, like movies. Mm-hmm. I got like, have you seen the new Star Wars? No, I haven't either. Like, <laughs> but like, I'm not. I don't care. I have very strong opinions about what constitutes like spoilers. Like, I feel like there's a statute of limitations. Absolutely. I've talked about this in a in a previous episode in my um. My unpopular opinions episode that I did with uh, Jared Kopsiak from Dragon Quest Boys, we talked about this, and we had a very big argument mm. about uh, spoilers it, and when you're a dick for revealing them and stuff like it's that. It's like, if something, okay, like, obviously, like, Luke, no Luke, I am your father is not a spoiler, because it's, like, <laughs> such a cultural touchstone. Like, it's been, like, spoilers like that. Yes. Yeah, I guess they're spoilers, <laughs> but they're not. You should know by now. Like, are you going to say, yeah, like, is knowing that both Romeo and Juliet die at the end of Romeo and Juliet a spoiler? No, I don't think so. You know, it becomes like... <laughs> like Shakespearean spoilers. Exactly. Like, it becomes part of, like, a myth. It, it becomes, like, myth, you know, or mm-hmm. legend. Like, Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Well, what I will say about the ending is it's very interesting because the... Basically, the two people who you have basically been in the like the top of it for the entire competition, there's two people in particular who the whole time have basically been neck and neck, and mm. it's basically their game. And they one of them does end up getting, um, I think they're not able to finish. So it's oh, like wow. it's basically like trying to just figure out which of these two people yeah. are going to win, and one of them who has been like basically at the top of their game for the whole time, like barely had any penalties, has just been like going through it with no problem. Their their car just like stalls and like completely just like craps out on them in the middle of their final um, race, which is insane. And then um, I don't want to reveal who wins, but it's like it's really nice it's like you feel like it's well deserved Mm -hmm. okay it's not necessarily someone who comes out of left field um but it is someone where you're like yeah i know like they they deserve this okay Um, that's cool that's good to know so yeah is there anything else you have to say before we wrap up Uh, all my notes are just really technical stuff that now i realize are not interesting in a podcast like this um (laughs) i don't know i just remember thinking just watching it on my on my couch i was 
just like two white claws in, you know, and I was just like, man, this show is just really amazing. I just, it's yeah. a, like, I feel like Netflix learned a lot from the oh, yeah. fastest car through not necessarily Rust Valley, but like they, they really went for it. Um, and I think they, they really pulled it off. I would say for me as someone who's not necessarily into racing, just like the creativity of the obstacles, the way that they edited it together. So you still get invested in the racers but it doesn't detract from the actual racing part of the show. Um, just really well cut together. And they find like different things to do with different obstacles too, which yeah. is great. Um, like the leveler, they use it like, I think they have like, aside from the first way they use it and aside from the balancing, they kind of change up how it works almost every round, which is interesting. It's so, pretty cool. They can take something that we've seen before and still make it interesting and still get use out of it. Um, I'm giving this a watchable stamp. Oh, yeah. I'm I mean, I think it. we both are. I'm doing two stamps and <laughs> slamming down on the table. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. I, I think if you guys are racing fans, you'll enjoy it. If you're just car fans in general, you'll enjoy it. Um, and even if you don't get to see the technical aspect that you might be looking for, it's like balls to the walls, like crazy yeah. energy. It, yeah. Like you can just feel like how everyone there was just having like an amazing time and it gets you psyched yeah. for it. This show feels like what you imagined TV would be like in the future when you're a kid. <laughs> I was getting Tron vibes. Very Tron, extremely Tron. It's, it's, it's just so cool. It's just such a cool thing. <laughs> this is the the dumbest sentence I've said all day. But it's cool, it's good, I like it. It's a cool thing to watch, you know? Like, that's how I feel about it. Definitely recommend Hyperdrive, you guys. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, highly recommend. Thank you so much for going through all these shows with me, Yeah, Nolan. this was super fun. I literally couldn't have done this without you because this was your idea. Yeah, hey. <laughs> and you're bringing knowledge to the table that I don't have. It, it was it was really fun to watch. I can't, I'm going to definitely finish Hyperdrive. Um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was awesome. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you check out some of these shows. And I'm really happy that you got to come on. Thanks Do for having me. Do you have uh, anything that you want to plug at the end here? Um, I mean, if you if you like car stuff and you uh, haven't ever checked out uh, Donut Media, check us out. We're f we make car videos <laughs> for the internet. Um, no, we, we try to be informative and entertaining at the same time, uh, much like Top Gear, but not like Top Gear. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we try to include everyone, and you know, our, our whole belief is that every car is cool. We don't want anyone to feel left out. So, mm -hmm. if you don't want to be left out, check us out. Yeah. <laughs> and you have a podcast too. That you oh yeah, right? I also have a podcast called <laughs> I forgot uh, called Past Gas. Um, it's also through Donut. We do longer form deep dives on histories of like cars you know, like the Volkswagen Beetle and the whole Ford versus Ferrari story that was in a movie this year, uh, Oscar nominated film. We we did a four-part series on that uh just it's a lot of fun and i love podcasting we do it differently because like we have a script that we follow and like uh -huh. you know have to hit all these historical points and this is i like this freeform stuff is really fun too oh thanks yeah. thank you so much nolan sykes you guys i'm going to put his instagram and yeah. all the donut media info in the description if you want to check that out um, as a side note for myself, going to do some shameless plugging. Do it. I have a stand-up show coming yeah. up, you guys. If you're interested in seeing me perform, it's going to be on Saturday, February 29th at 5 p.m. in Flappers 
uh, the flappers at Burbank in their Yoohoo room. And I'm very excited. It's been a while since I've done stand-up. I really want to get back into it, and I hope to see you guys there. So thank you so much for listening, you guys. Uh, Thanks again. Thank you for having me. And I will see you guys next time on Unwatchable.